We require as a team proper levels of pugnacity, testosterone, truculence, and truculence, and truculence, belligerence. Welcome to the Truculent Podcast. For the first time in like three months, I bet you all forgot this was a thing. But uh, I'm here with, with Ian Talach of, of the Leafs Nation and uh, the Leafs Geeks Podcast. How you doing, man? It's actually um, Ivan, Ivan Tulak. So, I mean, you were close. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I almost had it. It's, it's a very complicated name. Okay. I'm, right. I'm you know what? The highlight of my life actually was uh, in my, I was going to say my junior hockey playing career, but that makes it sound like I made it to the OHL. Back in my house league, a uh, 12 year old uh, hockey career, my last name got mispronounced three different times when I scored my first and last ever hat trick. And it was, uh, it was a very proud moment in my life. So, and all three times I got it wrong. It was, it was awesome. In different ways? In different ways. Three different ways. I like and it. Was, it was fantastic. Maybe I was the guy in the booth just trolling. Yeah, yeah. A little, little like uh, 10 year old Dylan doing the commentary. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just thinking I'm hilarious and clever. All right, so I hate to take over as the host, but what are we doing today? What is the uh, the theme of today's podcast? Well, the expansion draft is tonight, so I figured we'd wait till like four hours before it, and then and then do a podcast to totally date ourselves. So it's going to be a blast, I think. What do you What do you think? It seems like the right thing to do. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so all these rumors are coming out now. The team is virtually put together online. Um, I don't know if all of these rumors are true, but. Uh, at internetfan69, lol, has been uh, keeping track of all the rumors of who they're going to take. And have you have you seen the list? The most recent. Um, one? I'm 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 looking up this incredible username now. So at internetfan69. Yeah. He's got the updated roster here. Okay, I'm looking at it. So the the most recent one to come out was that uh, apparently they're not going to take uh, Peter Morazic from Detroit. They're going to take Thomas Nosik. Who is that, that makes absolutely no sense. Who is that? Um, it doesn't matter because Petr Mrazic is an asset that you can take advantage of. Even if you don't want him as your goalie, you can easily trade him for a pick. That You can't trade Thomas Nosik for a pick, so that just seems like poor asset management. Um, we're getting off to a good start in this podcast. We're getting cynical right off the bat. This is great. This is... Uh... My, I'm usually the optimistic one, and you're usually the pessimistic one. We try to, we try to you know, balance each other out, but... I mean, I don't get it. How can you not take Petr Morazic? He's by far the, the best asset that they've left available. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it went from uh, yesterday, me being like, you know what? They have a lot of good defensemen and a lot of good goalies available. Forwards aren't great, but they, they could put together a decent team. I thought you were referring to Detroit. I'm like, Detroit has no one available other than Morazic. No. Oh, <laughs> God, no. Hell no. Um, but yeah. Not, a 24-year-old okay. who... Couldn't even produce at a point per game rate in the AHL. Nice. And instead, so they took him over Morazic. Allegedly. He looks like a very solid goalie and is 24 years old in the NHL. Oh my God. This might not be a very well-run team if, if that's one of the decisions they're making. We'll yeah. see. We'll have to see. That's what I think Craig uh, Custance reported that. And he just uh, joined the Athletic Detroit, right? To run the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I really like it. Good for him because he deserves a job. Like he's yeah. a great writer. It sucks what happened. What happened to ESPN? Like everyone got fired. Yeah. Like a, a week, but uh, man, and that just makes absolutely no sense. I'm sorry. They also. It also sounds like they're taking the thought and maybe to flip him. Which to be fair, there's not really much you can pick from on Ottawa right no, now. I mean, no. I've heard people say you could like pick up Bobby Ryan, but I want nothing to do with that contract. Yeah, like probably the best asset 
possible, which is still not very good, would be... And it's funny because Methot was really good in, what was it? Was it 2014, 2015, where he had a monster year? Yeah. Like, uh, at least in the underlying numbers. And ever yeah. since then, he's kind of been, he's kind of cratered without Carlson, which I think most humans would. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of your typical stay-at-home defenseman, um, and then he was playing with Carlson. Um, in theory, he could have taken someone like Clark MacArthur. Um, yeah. I, I would have taken Clayson if I was just going for the best asset, probably. Like, I probably would have done the same thing. Yep. Like, he's okay. <laughs> or, I don't know, call me crazy, I would have taken Andrew Hammond. I'm on the Andrew Hammond is actually good bandwagon, yeah. but that's another conversation for another day. Yeah, there's a lot of good goalies, though, to choose from, which uh, there's no limit on how many you could take, so I guess. I know, ahead, I know but... James Myrtle's recommended that you take, like, five or six, and I think I agree with that. It would be kind of an interesting idea to corner the market on goalies and then sell them off to teams for picks. Yeah, that would like, be... That'd be interesting. So I, I'm looking at the roster right now, um, and a lot of uh, keep in mind, uh, a few of these guys are allegedly getting picked uh, due to them being part of side deals, uh, like as in teams trading Vegas picks and being like, "Take this guy, please." Like how Anaheim has exposed Manson and Vatanen, but they're not going to pick them so that they can grab Shea Theodore in a first or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, the it's. <laughs> There's one right-hand D allegedly going to the Knights right now, and it's Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Um, and then the left side is Mathot, Garrison, Theodore, McNabb, Emelin, and Stoner. So I'm picking Emelin from Montreal. Yeah, that one that one stood out to me as a yeah, confusing. You, one. you didn't hear that, eh? That kind of just came out when they. Um, have, they who have, can you pick from Montreal? I'm just looking at the roster real quick. Charles Houdon. I'd, let, I'd I'd prefer Brandon Davidson. I really like Brandon Davidson or or Nikita Nesterov. Yeah, I, again, like well, he's an unrestricted free agent. In theory, he, you could just sign him in in the summer. Yeah, again, though, like um, there's a, a ton of good defensemen, and Houdon has scored at a really good rate in the minors, and he's a forward. So with how thin it is up front, I, I'd probably take him. Uh, who else do they have? No, they protected I'm... Paul Byron. Good for them. I really like Paul Byron. No, um, no, who I'm not taking unless you give me a first round pick. Alexei <sighs> Emelin. <laughs> <laughs> What's his contract? Let's look at this. It's like four and a half or something. Four point one. Four point one okay. for next year. I mean, he's the type of defenseman who you can flip. Who even though he doesn't really drive results, he's that big hitting. I mean, what did Mark Stone go for last year? A third, like. Michael, it's, yeah. What did I call Mark Stone? Mark. Yeah, there's a bit of difference between Mark Stone and Michael <laughs> yeah. Stone. Slight difference between those two players. Slightly. Yeah. It's funny. Mark Stone would probably be a much better defenseman than Michael Stone. One hundred percent. I think Mark Stone's it, awesome defensive. I was gonna say he's a better defender and he's a winger. He's one of the best defensive wingers in the league. That's he's like yeah. the Nino Niederreiter. I was gonna yeah. say him and Niederreiter right up there, but uh, we're getting off track real quick here. We should just make this the Nino Niederreiter podcast where we try to project where oh. he goes this offseason. I've heard he, he's he's going to get moved. I'm like, why? Why would you ever want to trade that player? Yeah, I don't really know where those rumors came from, but uh, if they traded him, they definitely wouldn't get value for what he is can I actually just, worth. When we're, when we're talking about Vegas, can I quickly talk about how I love how they're going after KHL players? I think that's uh, a really smart thing that more NHL teams should do. Like, Vadim, I can't pronounce Shipachov. 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 That guy's awesome. I, I watch a lot of KHL highlights. I try to watch more games. Uh, anyone on SKA Petersburg or CSKA Moscow, like, I feel like most of those guys in their top six can play in the NHL. Those are like KHL all-star teams. And like Nikita Gusev, Shipachayov, Dadanov. Uh, I know Mozzie Aikens like in his late 30s, but that guy should have been in the NHL a while ago and he never came over. But 
I love the fact that, that Vegas is kind of offering these these Russian guys top six minutes. They're going to put up points, and then if Vegas wants to flip them for assets, they can, or if they want to hold on to them. It just seems like smart asset management, unlike Petr Mrazek, which is poor asset management by not picking him. So it's just I'm curious to see how this team turns out, because there's a few decisions I really like and a few decisions that are real head-scratchers for me. Yeah, because they do have, uh, allegedly, they have Gusev coming over too, right? I love him. I think he's one of the best players not playing in the NHL, yeah. like including prospects who are awesome. Like I think Gusev's phenomenal. I've, I've heard that as well. Him and uh, this guy named, have you heard of Kirill Kaprizov? Maybe. I don't know. He played Maybe. in the World <laughs> Juniors this past year as a 19-year-old and like tore up the tournament. He's He's been tearing up the KHL. Like If you can tear up the KHL, you can come over and be a very, very good NHL player. I mean, I've probably read his name before, but like it didn't translate to anything in my head except a bunch of letters. So at the same age, he's putting up Kuznetsov, Tarasenko, Kucherov-esque production. So just uh, you know, up with those names. Look at that. So that's what I mean. I feel like the KHL. Like I don't know why, but we don't seem to be going after the Panarins as much as we should when those guys are legitimate top six NHL talents. I don't know. I, I like the fact that Shipachayov sounds like Gusev's going to get a shot. I've heard that Dadanov might sign with Vegas. I've heard that they've been linked to him. So I'd love to see these guys come over because I think they can really play. Okay, but but Reed Duke as well. What okay, a- Reed Duke <laughs> was awesome for me in NHL 16 or, or NHL, whatever the NHL was because he couldn't skate, but he had like a shot in the 90s. So I just set him up in the slot in my power play. So therefore, that is a good pick. I still don't think he's a, a real guy, but... Okay, I'll take your word for it. Is he a real human being? I'm not like. Okay. I, look at that name. He sounds like he's on like the Dukes of Hazard. He's one of the Reed. one of the Duke boys. It's funny. I feel like they should go after more like college free agents, uh, Russian, Swedish, Finnish free. Agents. I feel like because there's such a limited talent a pool to to of, of, of talent to pick from in NHL teams. You know, you're getting their mm. bottom six guys. You're getting their you know bottom pairing defensemen, backup goalies. You might as well just swing for the fences and go for a guy who's killing it in the European league and hope that he can translate. I feel like signing a Reed Duke is a very, you know, low reward, low risk. Like, yeah, there's not much risk, but like best case scenario, he's what, an NHL player, a, a fourth liner. I just, I don't know, that's not exactly a sexy pick, but I guess they have to, they need bodies, right? He's, he's the inaugural knight. Judging by his name, do you think he has really bad opinions? Reed Duke? Yeah. Uh, I bet you. I mean, I've been on Twitter a lot, so my my uh, my threshold for opinions, I, I can take pretty bad takes. I, I'm on Leafs Reddit a lot, and I love Leafs Reddit, but there, sometimes it's it's hard to love Leafs Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Um, who else do they got? Oh yeah, apparently they're taking Cody Eakin too. Cody Eakin, I like Cody Eakin. Like he's fine. I think that's the player you take from Dallas. I, I don't even remember who I took. I think I took Ham Hughes just to flip him at the deadline. Well, here's my thing. I, I like, I would love to take Lettinen and a pick or Lettinen and a, a prospect. You know what I mean? Because I'm yeah. of the opinion that Kari Lettinen is hashtag actually good. If you look at his um, save percentage above expected based on shot locations, he's actually a really good goalie. It's just Dallas's expected save percentage was atrocious this year because their defense other than, sucks. Other than John Klingberg, they didn't have any defensemen. Yeah, and even John Klingberg, he's amazing, skilled defensive, but he's not very good defensively. So, I mean that that team was just a train wreck defensively this year, especially with all the injuries they had. So if you can, if they can take Lettinen and a pick or and a prospect, that would be awesome. But it sounds like they're taking Cody Eakin, and again, I can't really you know fault him for that. Cody Eakin seems like a a good player. By the way, fun, fun fact. Did you know that they protected Valerie Nikushkin? 
I did see that, yeah. I found that interesting, considering they didn't even want him. Yeah, <laughs> and he didn't even play for them last year. That's that's an interesting one. Uh, who do you want to talk about next? I feel like we're just going to go all over the board. Is there some way we can structure this? No, hell no. We're not going to structure this. What are you? This is the truculent podcast, man. We just go we go everywhere we're needed. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're actually trying to talk with, with like actual facts and stuff about these guys I don't even know. And like I'm just out here winging it. Well, all I know is Vegas, the Vegas Knights are going to have white gloves. Apparently, that oh. was the biggest thing we learned yesterday. Oh, they're so bad. Am I the only one who likes white gloves? Am no. I the only one who loves like Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse and yeah. Michael Jackson? Yeah, that's that, <laughs> that, that's fine if if you're not playing hockey with white hockey gloves on. My be a pro always had white hockey gloves, and he tore it up. So I mean, all right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and hang up now and uh, block you on Twitter. All right, sounds good. At me, <laughs> at me, bro. Hey, another name that's th- sticking out to me right now just because of the circumstances is David Perron, penciled in. Uh, that was interesting. That was interesting. Well, it's not... interesting because they protected Ryan Reeves instead of Perron, Yaskin, or PRV. Like, we tell people who we're talking about. Like, we're talking about uh, St. Louis, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess all those names aren't that familiar. Ryan Reeves is the Matt Martin of the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Ryan Reeves is not as good at hockey as Matt Martin, but he's not as far away, I think, as a lot of people think. And his contract uh, Matt, isn't as big. What's his contract? Yeah, he's making $1.1 million basically. Yeah. And here, oh, I don't want to turn this into a Matt Martin thing, but this what? is what I mean when I, when I talk about Matt Martin, the contract. It's not that I dislike the person. It's not that I dislike the player. It's that when you compare him to other players who provide a similar similar role. They're making anywhere between 1 and 1.5 million on short-term deals for 1 or 2 million. There's just no need to give that player 4 years. There's no need to give that player 2.5 million. We can get into the argument of whether or not an enforcer or, you know, that type of player is necessary in today's NHL game. That's a separate issue, but if we assume that it is, I mean, the Leafs overpaid for it in, in AAV, which is unfortunate, but in term, it's unforgivable in my mind when you're going to be competing for the next two or three years. So I'm not a fan of it, and I think everyone knows why at this point. And no one really wants to hear about it and how they protected him over Leipzig, and you're going to lose Leipzig. Can I just quickly touch on that for a quick sec? With what? Leipzig? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to anyway. Okay. I don't care about what you think. Okay. Um, Leipzig or Reichel, you were going to lose one of them. So really what you're looking at is, I don't want to like get into like delta value, and whatnot, but like, what's the difference in value between a Leipzig and a Reichel? Is it substantial? I mean, you could make the argument, I'm a lot higher on, on Leipzig than most people, but you're going to lose one of them. So, I mean, protecting Matt Martin over Leipzig, all you really lost was the difference between Leipzig or Reichel. It's not like you lost a whole player, you only lost that difference. So it's not going to kill you, it's just, in my opinion, the decision making and undervaluing a Brendan Leipzig and overvaluing a Matt Martin is going to hurt you in the long run. And I think that's what I'm more upset about. It's not the decision itself. It's just the logic behind that decision and, and the impact that could have moving forward. Hmm. Uh, yeah, see, like, and people are always, like, like, online being like, oh, it's not the end of the world to lose Leipzig. And I'm like, that's not what anybody's saying, I don't think. I think they're just saying it's really bad asset management to, to lose Leipzig when you don't have to, when you're, when you're protecting a, a negative value asset. And that's all I'm really saying. I'm not saying that the sky is falling. I, I've literally said that this team can win a cup 
even if they make bad decisions moving forward. Look at what LA did over the last couple of years. You know, they signed the Dustin Brown contract. They signed the Marion Gabbert contract. They, they did a lot of things that, you know, weren't really smart. They traded for, uh, who's that defenseman who is like way over the hill, like in his late thirties. Scuderi. Yeah. They hit that <laughs> Chicago and them, like, you know, both tried really hard to get Scuderi that one year. You can make bad decisions and still succeed because you have high end talent and an elite coach, which is exactly what the Leafs have. So again, like, you can literally make some bad decisions around the periphery, periphery of your roster, and it's not really going to matter because you have Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, and Mike, Mike Babcock. And that's going to be a killer combination for the next five to ten years. But you want to maximize your chances of winning. And I feel like when you lose assets like Leipzig unnecessarily, it's not going to kill you, but it is going to hurt your chances of winning slightly. And in the NHL, you want to gain any competitive advantage you can get. You know, there's that great book about the... Uh, was it the Tampa Bay Rays or the Pittsburgh Pirates about the extra 2%? It was the Jonah Carey book. Uh, there's books about both of them, I believe. Oh, okay. That one's about the Pirates. Value. It's about like, trying to find like the slightest competitive advantage. You know, Teams are paying millions and millions of dollars into scouting, trying to get these slight competitive advantages over other teams in the draft. Like, you know, you're paying, it's, a, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. You're trying to pay money to find any kind of, you know, 0.01% gain you can make. And I feel like losing Leipzig, it's not going to hurt your chances of winning a cup by 5-10%. But, you know, it's it's the margins that, that matter. And it's the margins that can make a difference. And you want to give your team any slight advantage you can give them. And I just feel like those decisions hurt them slightly. You're not going to die. You're not going to, you know, lose out in a chance to win a cup because you chose Martin over Leipzig or you chose Reichel over Leipzig or however you word it. It just... I feel like lately the Leafs haven't been optimizing their chances of winning. And... That's a troubling trend when you see teams like Pittsburgh, you know, really maximize their chances of winning by maximizing the, the depth on their lineup, maximizing their defense, which was a train wreck this year, but they still maximized it at least. It's not like they were icing six Roman Polacks. And I just, I feel like the Leafs could do better moving forward, even though they do have great talent up front and a great coach. And I was going to say great management. I'm skeptical on management lately. I'm not quite sure what to make of them. Well, can can we just agree that like most NHL GMs are pretty bad? Yeah, I think the baseline's pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of that, uh, breaking on a podcast, breaking news. Uh, it sounds like they're gonna take Belmar from Philly. What? <clears throat> yeah, and like not like Belmar and a pick. Like just they they just think Belmar's the best. I mean, they're just man. They're gonna be extreme. Like they're not taking bad player contracts with picks they're not taking the best players they're just taking shitty players this who is... would you have taken from from philly i'm really high on michael raffle but i'm also I... not sure of what to make of his performance because he plays a lot of his time with Giroux and voracek i had raffle i probably would have taken raffle um i'm looking at their lineup here but belmar hey, dj uh, tj brennan plays for them who knew but uh... belmar <laughs> is like actually really bad yeah, no, he's not good, and he's on a he's on a contract paying him one point four million for the next one point four five for the next what two years? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's man. I uh, we'll see. We'll see how Vegas. Uh, okay, let's. Is this a Vegas podcast? Is this a Leafs podcast? I'm not quite sure what this is. Who gives a shit? All right, all right. That's <laughs> Dylan's Dylan's model in life. All, all right. right. Where are we going next, Dylan? Uh, the next one, they're apparently taking Oscar Lindbergh from the Rangers. So that's a decent one. 
I mean, the Rangers weren't really exposing much. If you look at their yeah, it's like him or Grabner or something. Or Grabner's or, a free agent, isn't he? So or no, 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 he's, he's got, got one, one more year. year. One more year. Ranta, they could have taken Ranta. That's who I picked from them. Brandon Peary is an RFA. I'm I'm pretty high on him because yeah. I'm of the opinion that you can't really get shooting talent. That's the one thing that yeah. Vegas is missing. He's good at doing goals. Yeah, Brandon Peary kind of let's 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 call a spade a spade. He kind of sucks defensively. Yeah, but he can shoot, and you can put him on your power play. He's kind of like Sam Gagne. Except Sam Gagne is the playmaker, Brandon Peary is the shooter. Yeah, and instead of using uh, depth guys as your PK specialists, maybe use them as power play specialists and just offensive specialists. I'm a huge fan of that idea yeah. of, of that idea of roster construction. I put out like a piece on on penalty killing and how you know guys in those the fourth line grinders, the fourth line quote unquote penalty killers. If you look at the results, if you zone start adjust penalty kill shot suppression, goal suppression. They're not actually that good at it. The players who are the best at, you know, impacting results on the penalty kill are actually, you know, good players or star players or, you know, Datsuk, Bergeron, Giroux, uh, you know, uh, Tavares was amazing at it this year. Tarasenko's really good at it. The guys who are great at driving play 5v5 are typically very good at it 4v5. So why not use them on the penalty kill and then use a guy like Brandon Peary on your fourth line and you can also get, you know, some power play value out of that. That's that's my ideal way of, of roster construction. I feel like you could get a lot of inefficiencies, you know, put together a cheap lineup, grab guys like Piri, Gagne, you know, insert name on, on cheap contracts, and that would, you know, get you the most value and help your team drive goal differential. And I just feel like with Vegas, you can get a lot of good defensemen, you can get a lot of good goalies, and you can get those, like, underrated forwards who drive play, but your shooting talent is going to be garbage. You're yeah, basically going to, yeah. going to be the 2015-2016 the, the Leafs. Goals so, are going to be hard to come by for sure. So if you can get yourself a Brandon Peary who has very good shooting talent and not so great everything else, I feel like he could be a, a nice addition to that team and just provides you with, with what you're missing. Yeah, go- goals are harder to come by than good penalty killers. Like, like you said, um, players who are good on the ice with five players are probably better than the shitty players at five on five when they're at five on four too right it's not that and i know you brought this up to me about like you know we we take this philosophy in triple a we take this philosophy in junior but all of a sudden when we get to the nhl we completely reverse it we go okay now we're gonna put our crappy players on the penalty kill and it just yeah it makes no sense it doesn't really make sense when you think about it because we never we didn't think this way for the previous 10 years of a player's life but now that when they get to the nhl now all of a sudden we're, we're we're completely reversing it yeah, it's it's one of those things that's just been in, in like engraved in the archaic mindset of pro hockey, and it just kind of just hangs out there, and that's just what people take it as. This just and the way the thing to do. One of my favorite things when I when I try to think about hockey and I try to come up with new ideas is I just ask why. I go, okay, well, why do we do this? Like, yeah. why do you have a faceoff specialist? Why do you have player X on your penalty kill? And you're like, well, you know, because he's a fourth line grant. Okay, why does he need to be a fourth line grant? And the more you ask these questions, you realize that there aren't necessarily good answers for them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you keep asking why and you get good answers, you probably have a solid idea. If you keep asking why and your answer is, well, because that's the way we've done it in the past, that's not a good answer. It needs to drive results at the end of the day. Yeah, it's always best to keep an open mind and be willing to challenge your preconceived notions, right? That's basically the moral of the story. (laughs) All right, so speaking of challenging preconceived notions, let's talk about another crappy player that Vegas has selected. Um, Okay. So the David Clarkson trade, I'm not a fan of it. What, what What are they getting? So it's an interesting one. So in order to not take other players, they're taking William Carlson, 
yeah. take, taking on Clarkson's cron- contract and getting the 24th overall pick from uh, Columbus. That's what I've heard is the deal. That, to me, is not enough to take, to on, take on that contract? contract. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't get that. Because what is Clarkson's tw- contract? I mean, it's LTIR, so it's one of those interesting ones where, you know, they can just put him on LTIR if they need to, or they can just use him to get to the cap floor. They're in an interesting scenario where they have the ability to do that. But also, I mean, you gotta you got to get proper value in return for really helping out Columbus. They're in a bind, and, and they just basically gave them a get-out-of-jail-free card. So... I don't know. I would have. I would have uh, liked to see them grab them by the balls and get more for it. Same. Same with uh, Anaheim. I'd like to see them grab them by the balls and get way more for Josh Manson, or just you know, you know, turn heel on the on the old boys club and just select Josh Manson. Yeah, and that's. Say screw it. You left him exposed. There was no signed deal. There was nothing written in paper. Nothing like completely official. We're just going to take Josh Manson. You shouldn't have left him exposed. Yeah, but. This is why I wouldn't be a good NHL GM. No one would do deals with me because I'd yeah. say there's no written rule on it, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, same. Brian Burke would fight me in a barn. Like, yeah, same here. Like, I, but they just don't want to. They just want to push things that it's very conservative. Uh, the mindset in the NHL. Well, I've accept, I'm probably never going to be an NHL GM, so it's okay. Maybe one day <laughs> I'll make it up in the OHL ranks. We'll have, see. have you accepted that? I have, but I can't. I, I'm not. I'm still not allowed to disclose who it is yet. I haven't been given the green light. Okay. Um. Can we talk about uh, Matt Dumba a little bit? Okay. What's your opinion on Matt Dumba? Uh, I think he's very meh. I'm not big on him. He's like what well, a second pairing defenseman, I guess. Okay. Call me crazy. I think I, I've heard like trade offers of Connor Carrick and whatnot for Matt Dumba. I think Carrick. I think I might prefer Carrick to Dumba. I was gonna say. I think they're pretty much the same player. Except, except what, Carrick actually drives results. But. Here's the thing about Damba is he scores goals. And that isn't unvaluable because shooting talent is a thing and a player who scores more goals from one location and a player who can't score goals from that location, there's a difference and there's an improvement in value that you're providing to your team. Yeah. Like, uh, let's say we have a player who takes, I don't know, 100 shots a season and he's going to score seven goals versus a player is going to take 100 shots a season he's going to score four goals you can just logically say that's a three goal improvement you're providing to your team that does matter that does matter it's not non-existent mm-hmm. but i feel like overall when it comes to defense when i feel like I, I've, I've tweeted about this a lot so if you follow me on twitter like you've probably seen this me, me preach this but i feel like five on five point production for defensemen isn't that important because when you think about it defensemen can't improve shooting percentage we've looked at studies we've seen research defensemen have really no impact on shooting percentage other than someone like eric carlson who's an absolute freak yeah if you look at you know 99 percent of of human defensemen or 100 percent of human defensemen because carlson's not human they, they can't impact shooting percentage whereas forwards they're the ones who can impact shooting percentage they're the ones who are generating most of the shots so their shooting ability is what's going to make a, sh- a line shoot at a high rate if you have like a jamie ben and a tyler sagan or shoot at a low rate if you have like a chris neal if you have like a trevor lewis and a matt martin they're going to shoot at a low percentage defensemen don't actually impact that so in theory their point production has is no bearing on the shooting percentage it's really just an indicator of how involved they are in the offense it's more of an indicator of how often are they jumping up into the play and forcing a, a forward to take their place i compared someone like jake gardner to chris letang what is chris letang to he jumps up in the play a lot and he generates a lot of points a lot of goals 
And I know people think that Jake Gardner jumps up a lot, but what he really does, he skates it up out of the out of the zone and then drops it off to a forward and lets them do the rest. And he doesn't generate that many points five on five, but what he does is he impacts shots, he impacts, uh, you know, scoring chances. And at the end of the day, that's what a defenseman should be doing, right? So when you look at someone like Connor Carrick and Matt Dumba, I feel like early in his career, Carrick is impacting shot differentials and scoring chance differentials better than Matt Dumba. He just doesn't have the points. And like I just said, I'm not sure if points really matter so much five on five. So yeah, I no, know, that's, that's my case for, uh, you know, Connor Carrick is super underrated. No, I agree. Uh, counterpoint, though. Um, well, okay, first I'll say about Dumba that I looked at uh, his quality of competition a little bit and um, uh, his zone star percentages, and he's not as sheltered as Carrick, plus Carrick plays with Gardner. But, and that's a huge thing, the, the Jake Gardner effect. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, so I can't really. But Carrick's also scored in the minor leagues too, right? So like, there's there's things to point out that it's probably not just Gardner, even though it might be a lot. And even the the, the eye test. I mean, Carrick skates up the ice with a puck. If you look at his zone exit numbers, they're they're excellent. So there yeah. are things there. Yeah, no, I like him. But uh, I I I was kind of relieved when I saw that it looked like Minnesota was making a trade in order to keep Dumba because just be- I probably just because of his first round pedigree, even though it was like four years ago, five years ago, he, people still talk about him like, Oh, he's going to be a star. It's like, he's 23. Like he's, he's the same age as Riley, same draft. He's probably not going to get much better. And what is and this your- is where you can start a huge argument online of, Oh, but he's only 23. And if you look at any, uh, age curve defenseman peak at age 23, 24, on average. And here's the thing, not all do, but if you want to be realistic and probabilistic with your assessment, we should assume that a player is going to peak around 23 or 24. We shouldn't assume a guy is going to peak later because that would be unlikely and we shouldn't be making our assumption on something that's unlikely, you know? Yeah, you probably should be betting on the most probable situ- uh, outcome instead of betting on an outlier. That doesn't make like a lot of sense. Like we should bet on someone peaking between 22 and 25, realistically. Yeah. And so, yeah, so with him, I was just kind of relieved because I, I'm pretty sure that they would have had to give up more than he's actually worth just due to his name and his, and the way he's perceived by just the common hockey fan base, like, I guess. I would, I would much prefer Colin Miller to Matt Dumba, and I feel like the price would be a lot lower. Yeah, same. Did, did, you, did you agree with what I, what I wrote about Miller yesterday? So what was your what were your overall findings? Because I read the piece and then I read some stuff on Leafs Reddit, which was hashtag actually good. Leafs Reddit. I'm telling you, man, most of the time it's good. It's just you got to stay out of the Matt Martin threads. Okay. Uh, well, I basically came up. My conclusion was that uh, he's driven play. Um, he's been sheltered extremely heavily, but his shot metrics are so much better than than the rest of his peers that. Obviously, inevitably, if you put, toss him in a top four role now and actually give him a couple faceoffs in the defensive zone, his shot metrics aren't going to be as good. But like, they have a lot of room to regress. So I think he's definitely earned the opportunity to to play in a larger role wherever that happens to be. So I, I'd like to give him a shot and see what he can do because he's put up good numbers in junior two in the AHL. And uh, yeah, I, I think it, he's been treated kind of unfairly by the coaching staff who won't trust him at all have you seen his hero chart i took a look at it the other day no 
He has the most absurd hero chart I've ever seen. Yeah. He has his goals are at like a ten. His first assists are at like a nine. His shot suppression is at like a nine, and his shot generation is at like a ten. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. But of course, he's one of those guys who faces very weak competition, so we have to take that into account. I know that the the hero chart model tries to use uh, a ridge regression to take quality competition into account, but with guys like Colin Miller it doesn't do a good enough job because of the extremely weak competition that he faces. So you naturally, you put him in a top four role, he, those numbers are going to come down. You put him in a top two role, those numbers are going to come way down. So trying to assess what he is is tricky. I think he's a legitimate top four NHL defenseman. Whether he's a three or a four, I'm not sure. Probably not a top pairing guy. Just, you know, yeah. very rarely do you see a guy go from dominating in bottom pairing minutes to doing well in top pairing minutes. Like you, you look at someone like Chris Russell. You know? Yeah. Or yeah. Matt Hunwick's a great example. And Matt Hunwick's a very good bottom-pairing defenseman. You give him top-pairing minutes, he gets absolutely destroyed. So. And that's why I, like- I didn't bring – like, I brought him up as, like, kind of a, a backup plan. Like, you know, it's not a guarantee that they're going to pick up this number one stud right-handed defenseman like everyone's speaking of. And I know that's disappointing, potentially, if that were to hypothetically happen. But I'm, I'm saying he could be a, a cheap good value pickup so if you go you know Gardner Miller Riley Zaitsev Carrick and Marinson or Dermott like that's all right that's a whole or even bunch. Hunwick I'm of the opinion that Hunwick's a good bottom pairing defenseman yeah sure but I don't think he, he that... can skate he can move the puck he can protect the blue line he's just yeah but don't, they... don't give him tough competition but they still have Marinson and Dermott fighting for that spot and then the two Swedes so I don't see where why they would bother with Hunwick because Mike, Mike Babcock's in love with him and really wants him back. And I feel like if anyone's the odd man out, unfortunately, it's probably going to be Marincin, So, Well, there's still three more young left-handed defensemen. And, like, the Swedish kids are 22 and 24 or something like that. So, like, they're not going to go down to the AHL for three years, you know? Well, maybe a year, though. We'll see. Yeah. I just don't, I, I don't see why. I mean, they already appeased him by keeping Matt Martin. So, like... You think they're done appeasing Mike Babcock? Probably not, but I... <laughs> Can we just be realistic here? Like, I, I, just, I love Mike Babcock to death, but I feel like he has flaws in his player valuation, and no, I feel like same. management has proven that they are they care more about Babcock's opinion on, on players than, say, Dubas's opinion on players. So yeah. I'm just saying, if Hunwick was right-handed, I could definitely see it a lot easier. Oh, I'd love it. If Matt, if Matt Hunwick was right-handed, he'd, he'd be the perfect right-handed defenseman for the bottom pair. Yeah. Like, so, and again, like I wouldn't, I'd rather them not do that, but, um, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Like he's fine. As long as it's not him and Polak. Like if you have, if you have him and Carrick as a bottom pairing, that's pretty decent. So can we talk about this? Can we talk about right-handed defensemen that are available to Las Vegas who could either be available for like a potential trade or who Las Vegas may or may not select? Okay. But hold on, hold on. Okay. Before we get into that, I had like I picked like six or seven right-handed defensemen, and with all these guys right now, they have because of all the side deals, the alleged side deals, they have uh, six left-handed D right now, allegedly, and one right-handed D. So that's what I was so trying to say earlier. That <laughs> what I don't understand is what's happening with Florida. Uh, well, it, I just read that Marchesso doesn't think he's getting picked. Well, yeah, no, because I would much prefer either Riley Smith or uh, Jason Demers because they're they're better at on longer term contracts. But Riley Smith's contract kind of sucks. But Riley Smith's really good. Yeah, he's good. 
He makes really good. He makes He's a top six player. He makes five million for like I mean I that's market that's market value for a top six winger. Yeah, I guess. No, yeah, he was he was my. Be, I thought you would be someone who really liked Riley Smith because I know you really like Vincent Trocheck. No, I found them to be similar players. Just Riley Smith plays on the wing. No, I and I do, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. He was my third option. Uh, who did I? I think I ended up taking Demers for no real reason. It was basically eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Well, you could make the argument that here's the thing. I think Riley Smith is made probably a better player. But because Jason Demers is a right-handed defenseman, that's such a and there's a lot of them. They, they don't exist. They don't like, for whatever reason. They're like, you Unless, know, parents don't teach their kids to shoot right-handed and play defense. Like if you if you shoot right-handed, you're usually a forward for whatever reason. But but Vegas still could potentially have several good right-handed defensemen. Is the weird part. So who who do you have on your list of of right-handed defensemen that they're going to pick up? Uh I chose. Well, I have Dumba on here. I, I would probably so that one's that one's out the window now. Yeah, and I probably would have chosen Stall anyway, but I just thought that anyway. So who are they taking? Are they taking Scandella or Halla or or Stall? Halla, Halla, and a, a pick. What's his name? Mike Tuck. I don't know. They don't want Eric Stall. I don't know. Guess not. They'd rather have this prospect and. Uh, well, he's and not a prospect. He's twenty six. Who? Eric Halla. I'm not talking about. Listen to me, Ian. I said this <laughs> okay. this prospect dude is like the prize of this this Tuck guy. Ooh, I I've no, heard of him. Yeah, I have no idea anything about him though. I think he can step in, Alex Tuck. I think he can step in and play in the NHL. Okay. I think he might, like I'm not sure he's quite good as Leipzig, but he is like that type of young player who's solid. So here, let me look him up. He's drafted uh, 18th overall in 2014. He played in college in 2015, 2016. And then he played in the AHL last year. Oh, his AHL numbers. He 37 points in 57 games. What the? What? He's, the he's the prize? <laughs> Apparently. Man. And he's, only, he's only 21 years old. They're, That's actually impressive for a 21-year-old. They're quickly deteriorating, though, as all these names come out. And these side Who? Deals. Uh, Ve- Vegas? Vegas. Just in that, like, they had all this potential to do this really cool stuff. And, yeah. I think the most interested, I'm, 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 like, when it comes to them, is to see what they do with Washington and what they do with the player they select from Washington. Because I feel like whoever they get between Schmidt and Grubauer, I feel like you can flip that player for a very good asset. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they do. Yeah, I took Schmidt. Want to hear my other right-handed defenseman, by the way? I, I th- really do. I, I th- really do. So you got Demers. You I got, got I, you have? Demers. I have Manson. This is before. Okay, they can't pick Manson, though. They're taking Theodore. Yeah. Uh, and then I had Miller. Miller's great. I think they're going to pick Miller and either flip yeah. him or, or if they hold on to him, he's great. And uh, Dumba, like I said, but now they can't take him. And uh, Dotchin, Jake Dotchin. Oh, screw you for bringing up that name. I'm yeah. not talking to you anymore. He's good, man. I know he's a dick, but he's good. He's great at hitting guys from behind when they don't have the puck. Like I said, he's a dick, but he's good. Seems to be. I, I refuse to comment on Jake Dotchin. <laughs> I, I'm not going there. You're not getting me into this today. Okay. It's funny. Yeah. I try to be like an objective analyst now that like I now that I'm like doing more writing and stuff. But I I I hate Jake Dodge with a passion. I was talking to my my uh, my uncle and my my cousin. They're from Syracuse, so they watch the Crunch play a lot. And they brought up the uh, they brought up the playoffs and they brought up Jake Dodgson and I literally was like, okay, I'm gonna have to walk away if we keep talking about this. You're usually, you're either gonna change the subject or I'm walking away. <laughs> like, I I hate Jake Dodgson so much. Okay. Sorry, you don't? How do you not? Are you a Leafs fan? No, I don't like him. Like he's dirty, but like I don't know. 
cool. I don't know, man. It's the the, the pain. Maybe it's just because the wound is so recent with uh, with Gautier and Kapanen, and I'm I'm frustrated, man. Yeah. See, I don't. Let's know. move on. Let's move I, on. I can't do it. I can't do it. Let's move on. Relax, dude. <laughs> who who are you taking from uh, Vancouver? And you can't pass. You can't pass. You, you know what? I've thought about this. I take an unrestricted free agent and don't resign them because yeah. I don't want w- one of those contracts. <laughs> I yeah, I took. Uh, no, but you can take Brendan Gauntz. I take Brendan Gauntz as the real answer. But... I I had either Gauntz or Reed Boucher, and I I took Boucher. He's an RFA. You could still just not qualify him. I just find mm-hmm. it funny that like with these teams or like Arizona, like you can just make the joke that you know what? I don't want any of these guys. I'll just take yeah. a RFA and then not resign him. Can I just keep um, the contract spot open? <laughs> I'd take Louis Domingue from uh, from Arizona. He's a backup goalie. And yeah. if you look at his fancy stats, um, I know he's a tiny yeah. sample, but like his expected save percentage is so low because they give up high-quality chances. His actual save percentage, 5v5, is well above that. So, again, small sample, goalies are voodoo, but he's, he's an interesting one you could take a flyer on. Yeah. Plus, I, plus, no one else is available, so why not? Yeah, exactly. I think I, I clicked uh, Polkinen again, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and I was just like, meh. He shoots a lot. Or, or Kevin <laughs> Connaughton is a defenseman who shows up on my fancy stat grids as a, a guy who has very good shooting talent for a defenseman. And I feel like shooting talent is one of the very uh, underrated aspects of player evaluation. What is shooting talent? It's your ability to score from shooting locations more than the average player. So Steven Stamkos, if he shoots from the top of the circle, is going to shoot at a way higher percentage than if Matt Martin shoots from that same. So I should stop picking on Matt Martin. Can I, I Chris Neal. Can I Chris just... Neal. Can I just sum it up way quicker? Sorry, go for it. Go for it. What are you trying to say? Uh, Shooting talent is efficiency of your shot rate. Yeah, basically what I do is I take your goals per 60, subtract it by your expected goals per 60, and then regress it based on how many shots you've taken. Because if you've taken no shots, I need to regress it like crazy. If you've taken a bunch of shots, I don't really need to regress it because you have a large sample. So. Basically, someone like Steven Stamkos scores way more goals than he's expected to based on the shot locations because watch that guy's wrist shot. Same with someone like Patrick Lane. Even after yeah. you regress Patrick Lane for his sample, is, is shooting talent still elite? Kovalchuk. Uh, Kovalchuk's the best example, yeah. yeah. Kovalchuk, Stamkos, Lane. Just think of those wrist shots. And then think of someone who doesn't have a good shot. Think of someone like, I don't know, think of like, like Colton Orr. You know, think of just someone who sucks. Like they probably have poor shooting talent. Probably. I would say yeah. Uh, on that topic, can we talk a little bit about Zach Hyman briefly? <laughs> That's a really interesting one. Because even if you assume that Zach Hyman is the worst shooter in the NHL, if you assume that he legitimately has the worst shooting talent in the NHL, he was still really unlucky last year. Yeah, that's what I, I kind of went on a bit of a, a Twitter rant about that today using his uh, shot location chart. And like he shoots a lot too. And he shoots... The shot location chart is ridiculous. Like it's, it's in the crease. It's, it's in the crease. Yeah, and he shot like 135 times, scored six times from in the crease. You just look at his like high danger chances or his like individual expected goal. Like use whatever metric you want to use. This guy is shooting from the crease. Now here's the thing. I looked this up because I was I was curious. Um, he had a lot of wraparound attempts, and wraparound mm, shooting percentage, yeah. as you would imagine, is extremely low because goalies are good at stopping wraparounds. Like. Unless you're Johnny Gaudreau, you're not tricking anyone with a wraparound. Like, yeah. Johnny Gaudreau can turn on a dime and, yeah. and, you know, he does the Doug Gilmore to goalies. But Zach Hyman isn't doing that to anyone. He's coming around the net, putting his stick low, trying to beat the goalie on the pad side, and the goalie's like, why are you trying this? This isn't Pee Wee. 
Yeah, um, but like he still he shot four point four percent. Like Jake Gardner and Polak and Marinson all shot more efficiently this year, and they shot from along the boards at the blue line. So like to be fair, Martin Marinson is the like when you think shooting talent, you think Martin Martin Marinson for sure and Polak. It's funny, Roman Polak has a hard shot, but his when you look at his. Uh, uh, we're just going to use this word over and over and over again. But when you look at his shooting talent, you look at how how many more goals does he score than expected? He scores way fewer goals than you'd expect him to. He, he's like among the worst defensemen at actually beating goalies from the locations that he, he, he shoots from. Yeah. And it's because I feel like he doesn't aim his shots. He just no, blasts. What do you mean you feel like he doesn't? Have you ever watched him shoot? I watch him he, shoot all the time. Oh, how should I watch the game? Yeah, so I'm saying he definitely does not aim. He just tries to injure the puck, and then like he doesn't even look at where it goes. Whereas I feel like someone with Jake Gardner, I feel like he's trying to get it through traffic, and if he can get the shot through traffic and through screens and the goalie can't see it, it'll find its way to the back of the net maybe. Whereas Polak's just trying to like you know max power, wherever it goes, it goes. <laughs> my, my favorite... Uh, play last year I think it was it was Marner or Nylander uh, kind of going back to the point but somebody bounced the puck off the boards back towards the point and it was away from them and so one of them like turns around and reaches for it and they're right they're about to grab it and and skate around the top of the zone and like potentially make a play and (laughs) right before they get their stick on it Polak comes out of nowhere and just slams it like five feet wide of the net and then the other team broke out that sounds like something Dion Phaneuf would do back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. Apparently, Derek Eglund is now going to... Man, what are they doing? Wait, like, are they taking an asset to, to take him on? Uh, no, because he's a UFA. What? Yeah. What? Uh, um, so... Uh, man, if all these picks happen, they are going to be bad for as long as Detroit's going to be bad for. There are guys you can take from like Calgary. Who who can you take? You no, can take, not would, not really. I would take Hunter Shinkarek. Is that, he, there's still there's still something there, isn't there? That's Maybe. who I took too. But like, um, I wanted Curtis Lazar, but they protected him. Alex Chason, heartbreaker. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know, but uh, there, I guess I don't. I have you know what? No they don't, idea. There's not really money guys to choose from on Calgary. Maybe they're doing what I say, which is just. Just take a guy who's a pending UFA and then let him walk? Yeah, but why don't you take a guy like Shinkarek who you can like flip for a sixth or something? Stick on your AHL team, maybe. Yeah. Or is he is he waiver eligible? I'm not sure, but Probably at this point. Yeah. But uh yeah, this there is isn't much to I'm looking at and looking at Calgary's right now. There really isn't oh, much. Oh yeah, to they're they're one of the slimmest for sure. I didn't realize how slim they'd be because they're kinda like Toronto. A lot of their best players are auto protected. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's it seems to be going downhill really quick. There was all this there was all this potential for them to. First of all, they could have put together a mediocre team, which wouldn't be sustainable. So it would be a bad decision to do that. But they could be decent year one, um, and then have nothing after that. Basically, I think it would be way smarter to be really bad year one. That's <laughs> Ian. I said either. That means there's two options. Thank uh, you. Didn't know that. So yeah, or they could have picked up all these guys who have some sort of value and uh, just flipped them. And I thought that's what route they were going, and I think they're just really bad at it. 
I don't understand what they're doing. We'll have to see. Maybe tonight, maybe we'll find out that some of these these uh, quote unquote leaked deals yeah, are... aren't necessarily true. Maybe they just like you know, at the last minute, just say nope, we're taking Manson, we're taking, and then they 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 that would be amazing. But there's no way they they <sighs> this old boys club in the NHL. It's the most boring sport when it comes to this type of thing. Well, and it's so... yeah, like I said, NHL GMs are so bad. It's very frustrating. They're bad. Like, they're poor developing talent. They're risk averse. There's this collusion among, uh, among you know, GMs to not step on anyone's toes. So as, as a fan, it just makes it horrible. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right, who else can we talk about on this team? I'm trying to look. Are they being paid to take on Jason Garrison's contract? They must be, right? They must be. I saw that too, and I hadn't actually heard anything about it. Like, there's no way they think Jason Garrison is the player to take on that team. I would hope not. Then again, based on some of these... these. Yeah, I don't know, dude. <laughs> uh, I mean, who could you take realistically from Tampa? Who do they have that you would really want? Um, I picked Dotchin, so obviously not anybody that good. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was thinking, like, in net, but I forgot that they moved Bishop uh, to, <laughs> to Dallas, who now has three goals. And none of them are that good. It's funny, they protected Ryan Callahan. In my head, I'm just thinking, why? He, he has a no move, up, doesn't he? Oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah. All right. God, All that right. would have been hilarious, though. <laughs> um, what's happening with Chicago? Is that Kruger and Van Riemsdyk thing happening? Uh, not according to this list. It just has Van Riemsdyk going, so I guess they didn't make a deal. Okay, who's this um, Barube guy? Who is he? He's that... That goalie that the Islanders were like obsessed with at the start of the year, he was waiver eligible. Why would they, they like, just pick Halak over him? I don't know, dude. Like this Barube guy. Remember this? Don't you remember that happening wait, with the Islanders? Wait, there must be a deal in place because Calvin DeHaan's available and Brock Nelson's available. Yeah, there must be a deal in place. Yeah, because uh, okay, so that. Well, um, they're getting they're getting like the fifteenth overall pick, aren't they? Yeah, for either Grabowski or Kumalin. I don't know which and, one. And watch them pick Liljegren right before the Leafs, and I'll cry. So, I mean, it's hard to complain too much when you're getting the 15th overall pick. Well, I'd, I'd, I'm kind of getting comfortable with them picking right in front of them, judging on uh, what these decisions are starting to look like. It'll probably be like Rasmussen. And... No, Rasmussen will be gone by that point because Vancouver's True. taking the fifth overall. True. I knew you were going that route. I had to. I had to. What else am I going to say? I have inside info from Corey Promman, man. I'm I'm a, I'm an insider now. Oh, really? Look at me name dropping like that. I I didn't know. I should uh I should keep in touch with you then like all day every day and just be like, "Hey dude, what's the scoops?" and then just leak them to the internet. You should, should come down to Toronto to get beers with me more often, man. <laughs> we can, then we can make more memes of my of my crazy smiling face, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I hate you so much. Well, I think only one person jumped on that bandwagon. Totally offside, did it, and yeah. then I literally made it my my background. So I'm like, all right, screw it. I'm just gonna just gonna go with it, and maybe people will stop and make shit shit in a few days, as opposed to me actually seeming mad about it, because then I feel like it would become a real thing. Yeah. Oh, it would be way better <laughs> that way. All right, we're we're almost an hour, and I feel like we should pick one more topic to hop on before we before we get out of here. Okay, you pick. Um, I know you got something else to say. I don't. Okay, I'm I'm looking at the Vegas list, and I'm just thinking. Meh, what, meh, meh. Well, meh. <laughs> here's the thing, uh, James Neal. What do you do with him? Do you you gotta trade him, right? Yeah, I would. So, like a team who actually could use him. 
Yeah, he's got a no trade clause too, though. So like, he's... it doesn't say that here on uh, on cap friendly. It does for me. What? Mo- modified no trade clause. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, but I guess Vegas. He was willing to, or does that? Oh, it's it's, an, it's, it's a no it's trade clause. Not a no move. Affect yeah. being picked up. Okay, all right. Yeah. So is I don't UC, know. Is UC Soros exempt? He is. Oh, they're uh, lucky. They got lucky there. Oh, I would have picked him in a heartbeat. Yeah. So yeah, this one really came down to uh, it's it's interesting. If you were Florida, or well, sorry, if you were uh, Nashville, it's in the south. Were, like geographically, you were kind of close. Plus, they both protected four D, but uh, yeah. Nashville protected the correct four defensemen. <laughs> yeah. Florida exposed Demers instead of Petrovic, which is what was that about? What? I have no idea. Why did I, they I, like? I want to get into it. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna. Also, who would you protect? Okay, I've I've two for you. You're Florida. Who would you protect? Would you have protected Riley Smith or Nick Bugstad as your forward? Riley Smith, hundred percent. I probably would have protected Riley Smith, but I understand that one. That was tricky. I was torn on that when I was uh, projecting them, and I was actually torn on this one too. Who would you protect? Callie Yarncroft or James Neal? Because Yarncroft's on a stupid nice contract. Yeah, I probably would. Uh, protect Yarncroft just because you have him on a good contract for a few years, and James Neal you only have one more year of. But I, at the you know same time, James, really James Neal yeah. is better though, and you're trying to win right now, obviously. I think what would have been really fun would be to trade a Roman Yossi and see what you could get for him. Yeah, see if you yeah, like, get like a Matt Duchesne plus. I'm on board like, with that, 100. percent I said that, that to, uh, on my way down to Toronto yesterday or last week. I, I was talking to my buddy, and I said, Yossi for Duchesne, who says no. And they're like, he's like... Nashville says no, and then that way you get more for him. That would be amazing. You know what? Like The widespread opinion on Yossi is that he's maybe the best defenseman on that team, which... Yeah, where does that come from? Uh, here's the thing. I love Ray Ferrar. I love him a lot, but he's actually of that opinion. And there's a lot of people who are of that opinion. I know, and then I... To be fair, Yossi's eye test is amazing if you're watching him with the puck he's just he does yeah. magical things with the puck but it like i i test defensively if you're looking for the right things dude cannot protect his own blue line no that's why he's always at the top of the league in block shots every year and shots conceded i was in gonna general. say how about shots against huh? yeah <laughs> but uh yeah when when ferrara was saying that i i mess or i tweeted at him and i i basically just said then how come he gives up uh, uh, shots like Dan Girardi and stuff, and gave him the the list of fair, like the bottom of the league. He gets them back. Like Dan Girardi doesn't get those shots back, whereas Yossi gets them back. You you want to know? You know, I know. I'm not saying he's Dan Girardi, but defensively he's Dan Girardi. Um, but his offense is so good that it you know kind of nulls it a little bit. It's like Morgan Riley. You yeah, know? Pretty, Morgan Riley's not quite as good. He's like a poor man's Roman. Yossi, yeah, but, he's yeah. what people think Carlson and Subban are. I was just about to say, it's hilarious how Subban and Carlson can get shit on by mass media for being these terrible defensemen, but they're in love with a Roman Yossi. I'm like, you realize that Subban and Carlson are actually really good at protecting their own blue line and suppressing shots, whereas Roman Yossi's kind of terrible at it? Yeah, I'm really confused about that whole thing. Uh, Do you know what Ray Ferraro's... uh, uh, He quoted me when I said... I I don't don't want to pick on Ray Ferraro too much because I love him. I'm not... He's one of the the best between-the-benches guys in the world. Listen, when you say something dumb on a public platform, you get get roasted. It happens to me all the time, okay? So he quotes my tweet and goes... Because I sent him the list of people 
who have given up the most shot attempts against in, in the last three years. And he was, what, bottom two or three with uh, Girardi and... Chris Russell would Russell, have been up there. Russell. Uh, I know that list. Isn't Seabrook up there too? Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Oh, it's the Jeff Viette list where I, where I was like, yeah, I'm sure Twitter will respond very rationally to this one. Yeah. So then I, <laughs> I sent him that page and he goes, quotes, it goes, oh, you like Corsi? So do the Kings. I'm like, okay. They, they won two cups recently. <laughs> what are you saying, dude? <laughs> Here's the thing. I think the whole thing of that is the shot quality argument. So you, you can no, and I I agree you with that. But goals and, and Yossi would be on that same yeah, list. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I thought it was kind of funny and ironic. Here's the funny thing about Corsi is that um, it's not the only thing. But if you look at uh, you know predicting success, shot attempts are the best indicator. If you yeah. Pick and... One specific stat. Now, should you pick one specific stat when you're evaluating anything? No. no. But if you had to pick one, if we said, all right, you're going to build a team and you're only allowed to use one stat, what do you want to use? You'd use Corsi. You would. At yeah. least for defensemen, you definitely would. For forwards, there's an argument to be made about points, but I think with defensemen, shot generation, shot suppression is a very good indicator of ability. And then you tie in the other things. You tie in shooting talent. You can tie in their impact on you know, suppressing dangerous chances, generating dangerous chances. And then you can get a, a, be a bit better of an idea, but... Literally I mean, all I did... I hate, I hate this backlash against Corsi, because I'm like, look, it's not the only thing, but it, it's definitely a thing, and to ignore it is ignorant. Well, that's the thing. Like, these people who get really upset with it are people who haven't even taken the, a second to, to even know what Corsi means or what the what the value is behind it. They, to everyone just... who says, all these coaches, just, oh, we got to get more pucks on net. We yeah, get exactly. More, and, like, that's Corsi is pucks on net, man. Yeah. <laughs> pucks, pucks in the general direction of the net. <laughs> and here's the thing. You want to outchance the opposition. You want to dominate play, yeah. and you want the puck to be in their zone and not your zone. Corsi's an excellent indicator of that. So it's not the only thing, because here's the thing. Like, L.A. this year... They don't have shooting talent, and they act, they tend to take shots from further away from the net. So you combine those two factors, and you have a team that is overrated by Corsi. So, yeah. yes, it's not the only thing, but it's the most important thing. You also need shooting talent. You also would ideally be getting shots from closer to the net than you would from further away. But to say that you don't want shot volume is a bit insane. Yeah, and... and this all started with literally all I was arguing was he's bad defensively. Look at all the shots he gives up. That you not know even ruined this? I feel like uh, Ottawa ruined this because they made a magical run by running into a bunch of injury-depleted teams. Yeah, but they're... And Pittsburgh also ruined it by having yeah. the best centers of the last decade uh, help them... Shooting with that. talent. You know how I talked about shooting talent? I just like, said that, yeah. <laughs> Crosby, Crosby is shooting talent not only for himself, but for his line mates because he gives them open nets all the time. Yeah. Like you want you want someone who can inflate shooting percentage. Look at Crosby. Look at Malkin, and you can get outshot and still win a Stanley Cup. And should you should you build your team on a team where the goal is to get outshot? No, no. But I mean, you still can win without it. It's just not the ideal way of doing it. I mean, Pittsburgh last year they were out shooting the shit out of teams. Dude, again, it's don't bet on the outliers. Yeah, yeah. Like look at look at what gives you the best chance of succeeding. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Um, so let's let's wrap this up here. Okay, one more question for you. Okay, big hot take right now. Liljegren is going seventeenth overall. Yes, yes, hundred percent. No do, chance he goes anywhere else. Do not put my head in that space. Um, it's, hap it's happening. I'm gonna put out uh, rumors about him uh, on draft day. 
hack uh, Jeff's account and be like, official rumor I have heard from inside of the Leafs organization. <laughs> Lozhagrin pours the milk before the cereal. Uh, Lozhagrin <laughs> liked Fifty Shades of Grey. Lozhagrin, we're just going to go on and on. We're just <laughs> Lozhagrin likes pineapple on his pizza. So do I. So, I mean, that's, that's why he's going to be a Leaf. Well, that makes a lot of sense, though. Okay, but let me, I, I, my question, okay? This is what we're going to end off on. Tomorrow, when they come up with all the side deals, because for some reason they're not doing it tonight while they, after. So they're going to assemble this whole team, and then tomorrow they're just going to tear it apart. Are the Leafs going to have a deal in place for somebody that they picked? I'm thinking. Because here's the thing. I wanted the Leafs to target a high-end defenseman like a Tanev, a Manson. Uh, I consider Pissick and Demers high-end. So I really want the, the Leafs to be in on Demers. I'm going to say they get either Demers or Colin Miller. That's the optimistic me speaking. Okay. All right. I, I can deal with that. I. But I would much prefer like a, you know, a higher-end defenseman. Obviously, yeah. to be in the cards. Yeah. Anyway, man, it's, it's, it's been a slice. Uh, good talking to you as usual. Um, where can people find your work? Um, you can follow me. At, oh, this is the first time I've ever had to like give out my, uh, my Twitter handle. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at regressian, regress I-A-N, because it's, I'm a hardcore nerd. And it's that's it's a pun. It's a pun. I get it. I, oh, how, did you get it? I, how many I, kids uh, do you have, Dad? Jokes are always more funny when you have to explain them. Yeah. And you can all, I, I do a podcast. Uh, you probably have never heard of it. It's, uh, it's the Leafs Geeks podcast. Uh, this jerk has been on it a few times and hopefully never again. Hopefully I can find better guests. But when, when, I, when I can't find better guests, he crawls in my window at 2 a.m. And, and then we talk about uh, I, how crappy uh, Roman Polak is. I am your only good guest to ever be on that show. Yeah, no, James Myrtle, trash. Travis Yost, trash. Those guys I, are just garbage. I am, <laughs> I am much smarter and much more handsome. I mean, I've seen you in person. I haven't seen them in person. So, I mean, uh, Dom Lucician is much more attractive than you. I'm sorry. He had, a, he had a lollipop in his mouth for most of that night and was ordering uh, those non-alcoholic uh, lemonades. Is so that I'm what sorry. those were? Yeah. Yeah, those, those, those weird blue things. Meanwhile, Jeff, Jeff was drinking from that giant gin and tonic in like a fishbowl. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you have two of those? Yeah, I think so. I mean, to it, be fair, there were like two pounds of ice in it. So, I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I ate half that ice at the end. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had enough beer that night, though. That was, uh, that was a good night. Same. All right. Anyway, so, break. until I see you again in person. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I also write at the same crappy website that you write for, uh, Leafs Nation. Yeah, I heard yeah. only dumb idiot faces right there. Like, yeah, stupid Jeff. And stupid. Oh, Adam Laxaras. That guy's an asshole. I hate him. That yeah. Guy is... yeah, me too. I've never liked him. Garbage human being, that guy. Yeah, don't like him. I have, a, I have him blocked on Twitter. I like Drag Like Paul, though. Everyone else sucks, though. Yeah, I like him because he doesn't talk to us. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he's smart, you know? Exactly. Like, if, yeah. if I were him, I wouldn't talk to me either. Yeah. All right, man. Take care and enjoy the draft tonight. I'll be at work. It's been a pleasure. I'm, I'm a huge masochist, which is why I insisted on coming on today. So, uh, okay. so thank you for having me yet again. All right. Peace out, Girl Scout. All right. Take it easy, man.